word of the Lord today to the book of Psalms, chapter number 42. The book of Psalms, chapter number 42. Verse number one. Psalms 42. Verse number one and number two. If you found it, say amen. That was one of the least enthusiastic, amen, enthusiastic amens I've ever heard. If, 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 if you found it, say amen. I, on that note, I want to say how much I appreciate all of our media folks. Man, they work so hard. Uh, you, would, you wouldn't believe how much work it takes for all of our media department, and they do such a great job. Let's give all of them a good hand. Amen. Psalms 42. And, and, you know, while you're turning to Psalms 42, 1 and 2, I want to say to our media team, our video personnel, our sound, our control room people, uh, all, the, all of you that do all the, the technical stuff, um, I found out yesterday that one of the, one of the girls who's, uh, who plays on travel volleyball with Kate her parents grew up in an apostolic church. Her, her dad grew up in an apostolic church, and her grandparents grew up at Gray Road at Bishop Don Johnson's church. And I had no idea that this little girl's dad watches us. Her, they said every single Sunday. And so I want to say hello to him, and I want to say thank you to our media team for making that possible. Thank you so much. Amen. And so no one in the room except for my wife and, and Kate well, it knows who I'm talking about. But if you're watching, I'm inviting you to be with us as soon as you can come. God bless you. Psalms 42 and 1, if you found it, say amen. amen. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? I want you to say that first phrase of chapter, of verse 2 with me. Can you say it with me? My soul thirsteth for God. Can you say it with me again? My soul thirsteth for God. Every single person in this room, every person joining us by any kind of online media, in reality, every soul in every corner in every nation of the world, whether you know it or not, whether we're aware of it or not, if you could ask your soul what it wants, your soul would say, I'm thirsty for God. Your soul wouldn't ask for money. It wouldn't ask for food. 
Your soul wouldn't ask for popularity and riches, pastimes and vacations, hobbies. If your soul could talk to you, here's what your soul would say. I'm thirsty for God. And so my title this morning is Your Soul's Cry for Water. Lord, I ask you, God, I believe you're here. I already feel the drawing of the Holy Ghost. I already feel you reaching for somebody here. Somebody has mistakenly thought that what they want is a better job, a better house, a spouse, a boyfriend, a girlfriend. Mistakenly, they've thought that they've craved something for their addiction or whatever the case may be in their, in their particular world. But God, I already feel you trying to tell them that that's not what you're really looking for. What you're looking for is a drink from the wells of salvation. Oh, God, I feel the weight of this message settling on me right now. Can you folks lift your hands while we're, we're praying still? And can you pray for me that somehow I can deliver the heart of God? But not only deliver the heart of God, but to touch a human heart with the word today. God, not by power and not by might, but by your spirit, God. There is an eternal encounter taking place here today, Lord. Oh God, I pray, come on, can we, put our, can we put our collective purpose together this morning? Oh God, I pray, have your way here. Can you help me pray right now? Can we make it more than a pre-sermon formality? But can I get you to help me pray? I feel like somebody's eternity depends on these next few moments. My soul thirsts for you, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God bless you. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. There are very few things more necessary to the human body than water. I suppose that the only thing perhaps more necessary would be air. You'd only live for a, hand few, a handful of minutes without air, a handful of days without water. A person can survive for about a month or more without eating food. I personally went at one point between 50 and 60 days without food. I hope I never have to do it again. But you can only last about a week or so without drinking water. Your body is about 60% water. Your blood is 83% water. Your brain is 85% water. So if anybody calls you a waterhead, tell them thank you. 
your body dies, slowly, system by system, organ by organ, the body begins to shut down without water. I decided back a few weeks ago I had to get myself in better health, and so one of the things I started to do was trying to drink a gallon of water a day. That gallon of water, drinking a gallon of water a day will help you get your exercise in. You'll be walking back and forth. Water is one of God's greatest gifts to mankind. Essential to life, your survival depends on drinking water. Back a year or two ago, we had a missionary from Africa here, and he told us that by putting a well at a church in those areas where they have no clean drinking water, that the churches that actually dig a well at the church for the community grow multiple times faster because people come to the church to get water. When they come to get water, they find what they're looking for for the soul because water is essential to life. Amen. Water is uh, one of the most essential elements for good health. It's necessary for the digestion and absorption of food. Water helps maintain proper muscle tone. It supplies oxygen and nutrients to cells and rids the body of its waste. Health officials emphasize the importance of drinking at least eight glasses of clean water every day to maintain good health. I read just not that long ago that the Mayo Clinic actually, uh, actually recommends up to 15 glasses of water a day. Since water contains no calories, it serves as an appetite suppressant helps the body metabolize stored fat. I read that most of the time when people, that not most of the time, but very often, when people think that they are hungry, what they really are is they're actually thirsty, not hungry. One of the most significant factors in maintaining health is drinking enough water. I have been reading a book, and I, this, this man's name, I actually went on, on Google, I Googled his name for how to pronounce it, and about 5 o'clock this morning, I listened 10 times at least to this, this YouTube voice telling me how to say this name. The, the first name is, is, uh, fairly, is fairly difficult by itself, it's Feridun. The last name. B-A-T-M-A-N-G-H-E-L-I-D-J. I like the first six letters. It's Batman. The G-H-E-L-I-D-J, I'm not so sure about, but if I've, I've already forgotten, but I think it's something like Batman Gleddy or something like that. But Dr. Batman wrote this book titled, Your Body's Many Cries for Water. And this book deals primarily with the effects of dehydration on the human body. 
Symptoms of dehydration include dry mouth. The eyes stop making tears. Sweating begins to stop. Muscle cramps, nausea, heart palpitations, lightheadedness, weakness, as well as other symptoms. When dehydrated, the heart rate begins to speed up. It's trying to make blood go through the vessels to carry what it needs, but as the heart rate speeds up, it makes the blood vessels constrict to maintain blood pressure and blood flow to the vital organs, and this coping mechanism it begins to fail the more dehydrated that somebody becomes. With severe dehydration, confusion and weakness occurs in the brain as it tries and other body organs try. They receive less blood and finally the, you can result in coma or organ failure. Death eventually occurs if dehydration remains untreated. Back a few years ago, Sister Charlotte McMillan's mother, Brother Wiley's grandmother, was in the hospital. I believe she was at Carville in ICU with heart trouble. And she was there for several days, and they couldn't quite figure out exactly what was wrong. They ran tests after test, and they could find no apparent reason for the heart trouble. As they took days trying to figure it out, they they had no explanation for a remedy for what they could do. And finally, a doctor decided to test her for dehydration. And when they started treating her for dehydration, her heart made a remarkable recovery. Dehydration is a serious and dangerous condition. One of the most dangerous problems with dehydration is that we often don't realize that were dehydrated soon enough. According to Dr. Batman, by the time your body tells you that you are thirsty, it's already short two or three glasses of water. We drink one glass of water trying to alleviate our thirst, not realizing that we're still falling further and further behind. The gap begins to grow the older we get by... They say that dehydration affects your vision. It affects your heart. As people begin to age, they begin to lose their sense of thirst. The longer they go, the, less they, the older we get, the less we realize we're thirsty. And so in the process of aging, we don't feel thirsty like we used to. Dr. B claims that often the habits and lifestyles that lead to chronic dehydration are passed from one generation to the next generation, often causing a family a history or what would look what you would think would be a, a heredity health trouble is often because one generation has mimicked the habits of the earlier generation. Parents who don't get enough water, by example, teach their children a lifestyle of living dehydrated. So not only does dehydration damage one generation, it trains the next generation for the same trouble and the next generation after that and the next generation after that. I was going over my notes this morning and I got so convicted that I, after four cups of coffee, I quit and switched to water. 
This book, Your Body's Many Cries for Water. The doctor says that dehydration causes many sicknesses and contributes to health troubles. He claims that in reality, many sicknesses are a result of chronic long-term dehydration that has affected your body. That it, is, that it could be traced back very often to dehydration originally, not necessarily pathology. Worse, however, than physical dehydration is when you become spiritually dehydrated. The body is temporary, but the soul is eternal. And I submit to you this morning that many of the problems in people's spiritual lives are not a result of some spiritual disease as much as it is a result from spiritual dehydration. Amen. Your body can store large amounts of fat. Don't anybody say amen to me there. But it cannot store large amounts of water long term. It must be replenished day after day after day. Because my body can store fat but not water, I can go a long time without food, but I can't go a long time without water. May I tell you this morning that spiritually God never intended for us to have a spiritual drink from heaven's well and then go long times before we come back and get another drink from the well of heaven. Amen. May I say this morning, most of the maladies of the human soul are really thirst issues more than they are sickness of the soul. It was the psalmist David that presented the metaphor of a small Middle Eastern deer known as a heart. The heart would run in the hot, dry desert mountains and nearly die of dehydration being chased by some kind of a predator. While tending his father's sheep, David apparently looked across somehow this wilderness and saw that Middle Eastern deer as it desperately tried to reach the streams of water. And it reminded David of his inner desire and need for God. He saw in the natural of that deer what he felt in the spiritual of his soul when he said, as the heart panteth after the water brook. I understand how it feels trying its best to get to that stream of water. I know how it feels wanting so desperately to get a drink because that's the same way my soul panteth after thee, O oh God. My soul thirsteth for God. My soul thirsteth for God. David was not sick. David was thirsty. David was not suffering from some disease. David needed to get a drink from the well of heaven. My soul thirsteth for God. 
May I tell somebody in this place today, you may think you want the world. You may think you want a better paying job. You may think you want all the things that this world has to offer. But may I tell you that that longing in your heart and that longing in your mind and that longing in your spirit is your soul trying to tell you something. And what it's trying to say is I'm thirsty for God. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, I read an article just the other day of a famous celebrity that had wealth and fame and fortune, uh, had everything going. Uh, the whole world thought that they were living the life. If I could be like him, if I could be like him, if I could have what he has, if I could get what he's got. But what they don't understand uh, is that man put a gun to his head and he pulled the trigger because all the stuff that everybody else thought they wanted uh, did not bring him not one bit of peace and not one bit of joy and not one bit of comfort. What that man's soul wanted was a thirst for God, but he never found it. He didn't find it in Hollywood. He didn't find it in his fame. He didn't find it in his fortune. He didn't find it in his bank account. He was looking at all the wrong places. He, but his soul was thirsty for God. I've always been a baseball fan. I've always loved baseball. But my, my best memories with my dad Whereas a little boy, when we'd go down to the schoolyard and we didn't do anything fancy, we, we just played catch, just threw the ball back and forth. That's all we did. I don't, I, I, I don't remember I don't remember a whole lot of vacations. I think I was probably 12 years old before we took our first vacation. We, I, we didn't do a whole lot of stuff. We didn't have a whole lot of things, to be honest with you. It was government cheese. Amen. My mom learned she could put it in macaroni. She could put it in all kinds of stuff. It was grilled cheese sandwiches and macaroni and cheese from that big 10-pound block. We had to eat it faster. It'd dry out. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you have no clue whatsoever. We didn't have a whole lot. We didn't have a whole bunch. And so my memories don't revolve around vacations and trips and, and, and four-wheelers and all the stuff that people think they have to have. My memories were just going down and just throwing a ball. I've loved baseball my whole life. And I guess it probably goes back to being a little boy and going and playing catch with my dad. But I, I, remember, I remember one of the teams that I hated the absolute most in all of my, my time growing up were the, the, the New York Mets teams when they had Daryl Strawberry and Dwight Gooden and Keith Hernandez. And, and some, some of you older folks, I see Brother John Allen shaking his head. You know those names. Some of you young guys, you have no clue at all about any of that. But, but I, 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 I hated them so much I could name all of their starting players and their entire starting pitching staff. That's how much I disliked them. I can remember their closer was John Franco. That's how much I disliked them. You, you either love somebody enough to remember them or you hate them enough to remember them. I despised that team. And one of the worst was, was their right fielder, was a young, tall, 
uh, just a powerful baseball player. He could run. He could hit. He could hit for power. He could hit for average. He could throw. He was a five-tool player named Daryl Strawberry. Daryl Strawberry had the world by the tail. He was a superstar in baseball. He was a super. I mean, he had everybody wanted to play ball like Daryl Strawberry. But I read an article about 20 years later where he talked about the year that they won the World Series and the year that he finally got to the pinnacle of his baseball career. He said that was the worst year of my cocaine addiction that I ever had in my life. He said, because I spent my whole life trying to win a World Series and when I won it, I found out it didn't feel like I thought it would feel and it didn't make me happy like I thought it would make me happy. And so I realized that what I spent my whole life trying to get to wasn't worth living my life for. He said, and the next thing I knew, it was the worst year of addiction that I ever had. He found himself trying to overdose on drugs to end his life because he realized that all the things that I thought I was thirsty for did not supply not one bit of joy and peace. If anything, it only made me realize more and more how empty my life was. I'm telling you, whatever in this world it is that you think you want, you're not really wanting that. Your soul is saying, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. Can I, can I take it one step further until you feel that thirst that you have for God? You may think you can find what you're looking for in the arms of another man or another woman. You may think you can find it somewhere out in that world. But that discontent, it's your soul trying to get your attention and say, you need to get a well from God. Your soul's thirst for water. Your soul is crying this morning. As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. I've come this morning to preach to this congregation today that really what we need you were not designed to pray through and then go days, weeks, and months without praying through again. There's a reason the Bible refers to the indwelling Spirit of God as a well of living water. There's a reason why Jesus said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And this spake he of the Spirit. He said, what you need, let me tell you, how often do you go and feel thirsty? However often your body goes and you feel thirsty for something to drink is about how long your soul ought to only have to wait before you talk to God and get a refilling of the Holy Ghost. It wasn't the will of God for you to come to an altar and get the Holy Ghost and it be days, weeks, months, or years before you pray back through and let the whole, everybody in this place ought to be refilled with the baptism 
of the Holy Ghost today. You ought to not darken the doors of this building on your way out by letting your soul leave here dehydrated. Your problem is not your spouse. Your problem is not your child. Your problem is not your boss. Your problem is not drugs or alcohol. Your problem is your soul is thirsty and you're making it die of dehydration. Lord Jesus, why don't you lift your hands to heaven right now? If it's been a long time since you prayed through, you ought to lift your hand right now and say, God, help me. I need that drink from the well of heaven. He said, out of your belly shall flow rivers. We need a drink today. We need a drink today. We need a drink of water today. One of the symptoms of dehydration is a loss of vision. One of my big problems is, from a health perspective, is that I very rarely feel thirsty. Almost never. I've always sort of been that way. We go out to eat, I'll eat my whole meal, never take a drink. By the time I think about taking a drink, I'm so full I don't want a drink. I just, I know some people, man, they drink like a gallon while they're eating. That's, and, and that's, and, and you do that. Some of you eat that much and drink that much. You better drink more. Can I get an amen? amen. One of my problems has always been that I just don't, I, I, I rarely feel thirsty. I started trying this, this thing to drink a gallon of water a day. And so I got me a gallon jug of water. I bought a gallon jug of water. And the way the, the, the jug is shaped, you know, at the top, man, you can drink that much of it down and like that. You think, man, this is easy. Then by 8 o'clock that night, you're looking at that last couple inches of that jug and you want to kick that jug. <laughs> I got a friend, I got a friend that, uh, that, 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 that doesn't come to church. He's not, he's not Pentecostal at all. And, uh, and we got a deal every time he says a curse word, he owes me a dollar. I told his daughter one day, I said, your dad owes me money. She said, you got a cussing jar? I love him, man. He's a, he's a, he's a good guy. He owes me some money, though. And I'm going to tell you. I wish to God I could remember why I started talking about him. <laughs> One of the symptoms of dehydration is a bad memory. My, my brain is 85% water. And oh, I'm, I'm talking about that, uh, I, I, the cussing jar, that's where it was. Because uh, he, he texted me one evening and asked me how I was doing. I said, man, I'm trying, I'm trying to get to the last two inches of this, of this jug of water. I said, and before long, I may pay you a dollar to say how I feel about this jug of water. It's, 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 it's a lot of water, especially when you've gone so many years of your life used to hardly having any. My idea of drinking is about four cups of coffee early in the morning. And then, and then maybe a little bit 
of water at the, in the evening time. But I got to start early on that, on that gallon of water. I, I, you wait till the evening to try to drink that gallon of water and you're not sleeping at all. You got to start early. But, I, but what, I, what my problem is that I've spent 50 years of my life learning how to live a dehydrated lifestyle. And so now it's difficult for me to have to learn to reprogram myself to actually live in a way that's healthy for my body and my systems. I'm quite certain that one of the reasons I can't hardly remember anything is my brain is dried out. And one of the reasons that I can heart that I'm getting where I can hardly see, if I don't have my glasses on, I can't hardly see at all. And I'm convinced that one of the reasons is because I hadn't drank enough water. I'm reading the Dr. Batman's book and he's talking about back pain and how back pain is often because you're dehydrated and there's not enough liquid in your spinal cord and in your and that your 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 the, the discs in your back need enough water and your body needs it. And I'm like, dear God, I'm 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 my 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 back is dying of thirst. Muscle cramps. I'm, 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 I'm rubbing my muscles of, of water. And all, and he just goes down the list and I'm like, I'm like, I don't even know why I'm paying this guy to talk to me so bad. I paid money for him to run me down for 100, 200 pages or so. And, but I realized that my problem is I spent my entire life learning how to live dehydrated. And I'm struggling right now to reprogram myself to live in such a way that hopefully that some of that back pain I'm dealing with and some of that joint pain I'm dealing with and some of that memory problem I'm having and some of my vision problem I'm having that somehow maybe before it's too late I can reverse it. But my problem is I spent so many years learning to live at less than I really need that it's hard for me to get it in my mind. It's hard for me to think, get a drink, John. Get a drink. Get a drink. Uh, I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you how serious I am about it. I started taking that gallon of water and I put it in my passenger seat. And every time I turn my head, it's there mocking me and reminding me, you need to take a drink, you need to take a drink. I hate water bottles. They're some of the most smart other things that can't talk. But the reason I have to put it there is because I've trained my mind to live without water. And i got to have it right there because if I don't, I'll never remember to get myself a drink. Let me tell you what's going on spiritually. You know how you can just turn around and walk out without praying through and it doesn't even phase you. It doesn't even bother you. You're more concerned about the next ball game or this or that. It's because you've lived your life so long dehydrated that you don't remember. i got to get myself to the altar. My soul thirsteth for God. Oh, God, I wish somebody's soul could get its voice today and somebody in the back of their mind could hear their souls cry for water. My soul thirsteth. I need a drink. I need a drink. I need a drink. I need a drink. One of the symptoms of dehydration is a loss of vision. You can't see the will of God when you're thirsty. You can't see the plan of God when you're thirsty. You can't see your purpose and your calling and your hope when you're thirsty. One of the symptoms of dehydration is confusion. You saw it, you saw it on, on full display a little while ago when I started a story about my friend and couldn't remember why. 
There's some folks battling confusion today. You don't know what you believe anymore. You used to live with certain standards and convictions and values, but now you no longer think that's that important. Your problem is you hadn't had a drink in so long that your mind is dehydrated. Your spiritual mind is dehydrated and confusion. The truth has not changed. The problem is you're thirsty. A good dose of the Holy Ghost would turn your mind around. But I've lived 50 years learning how to live dehydrated. When you're dehydrated, weakness sets in. Things that used to not be difficult now are major issues in your life. I'm, I'm getting ready to build a garage, and, uh, and I believe in building stuff at the best price possible. And so I have a friend up in Walnut that's building a house, and they, they wanted a lot of that extra material out of their way, so they, they were selling it. So I took a trailer up to, up to Walnut, and I loaded that trailer down with stuff. Man, I loaded it with all kinds of stuff. I built my house at $17 a square foot, and one of them, because I went in every dumpster that they'd let me go get wood out of, I had to pry the nails out of it. I, I, you build it your way, I'll build it my way. And yesterday, yesterday afternoon, I got home, and man, I thought, man, my arms are tired. Why my arms hurt so bad? I'm like, I don't remember. I didn't do anything but watch Kate play volleyball all, all day long. Why are my arms so tired? And then I realized I spent three hours pulling nails out of boards yesterday. My, 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 my muscles weren't used to, to just prying nails and prying and prying and prying. And so this muscle right here, they got sore. You know what happens when you're dehydrated is weakness sets in. Things that used to not be difficult for you at one point are now major issues. Things that you never would have fallen prey to are now dragging your soul down. Your body, your soul is not weak, it's thirsty. It needs a drink of water. It's your soul trying to let you know you got to get back to the well. When you're dehydrated, your heart begins to suffer. Spiritual heart trouble is because we've not had a drink of the Holy Ghost in a long time. It's your soul's cry for water. One of the most damaging problems with spiritual dehydration is that the behaviors and actions that cause dehydration in parents is passed on to the children. The problems that are caused by spiritual dehydration are replicated and advanced in the next generation. We doom our children to be spiritually diseased in life when they act in church like we act if we're not thirsty. Well, that, that was quiet. You know one of the reasons that I try to worship no matter what? Even if I don't like the songs or the style, I'll be honest with you, I never listen to music when I'm by myself. Only time I ever hear it is in church. Because I just don't like music. I'm not motivated by it. I listen to podcasts or nothing. Or preaching. That's just the way I am. I, sorry. It's not that I don't 
It's just not my thing. It doesn't motivate me. It doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't fire me up like it does some people. And I understand there's a reason why it's in the Bible and there's a reason we do it. But you know why? You know why I worship to songs that I really don't care anything about the, 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 the tempo or the style of? I don't want Ellie and Kate to go to hell. And if they look at me being dead and they think it's okay for them to be dead, then I have passed on dehydration to my next generation. God help me. God help me. God help me not to pass on a dehydrated lifestyle to my children. And then they live that way and pass it to my grandchildren. God, teach me that my soul is thirsty. So my soul's cry for water. So when you turn around, as soon as I say amen, and you can't wait to get to those back doors, just remember you're passing on a trait. Not only to your children, but to the everyone that watches us go. Now, just as sure as the world, next time I'm not preaching in a church service, as soon as the altar call's given, I'm gonna have to, uh, that, that 128 ounces of water is gonna start screaming at me. And then I'll be under conviction. I'll have a choice to make. You know what, you boys? You don't really want the world. When that pretty girl out there that's not godly <laughs> begins to flirt with you and you look at her, and she's a babe, but not a babe in Christ. And your brain is telling you, ooh, she's good looking, you better go. You know what, you just remember that what your soul is saying, get back to the altar, son. Don't even fool with that. God, I'm thirsty for you. God, I'm thirsty for you. Men, when you see and you're tempted to send that message on Facebook to somebody that's not your spouse, or you're tempted to send that text or flirt with that lady at work that you're not married to, you better leave work at that moment. You better drive yourself to this altar and you better get yourself a drink because your soul is thirsty. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm preaching is the truth. You know what I'm preaching is the truth. You've gone too long between drinks of water. Your soul is crying. My soul thirsteth for God. God, help me not to throw my children to the wolves of this world because I'm trying to live through them something that I want. Help me, God, to remember that they replicate what they see in me. And if I can go to heaven without lifting my hands, maybe I can, but that doesn't mean they'll be able to. Maybe I can lay out a church on Sunday and Wednesday and, my, and I won't be tempted to go out and do stuff in the world, but that doesn't mean my kids won't be able to. And so I'm passing on a dehydration lifestyle and I gotta be careful.
Part of the problem with dehydration is that by the time you realize you're thirsty, you've already damaged your body to some degree. Your thirst impulse comes far later than its actual need. God help us today. There are some here today. I'm preaching to, I believe I am preaching to good folks. I mean, you came to church today. And I'm not trying to be mean. So please, please take this as, as, as well as you can. And I'm not trying to be mean, but some of us, I remember earlier days in our walk with God. When worship used to just come out of us, it didn't have to be drug out of us. When holiness preaching would get us to say amen, not get offended. I remember days when you didn't have to get a bad doctor's report to pray. You were thirsty. You wanted a drink. One of the problems with getting older is you don't Sense your need for thirst like you did when you were young. Dr. Batman says that one of the fatal flaws that people make is the assumption that any fluid can take the place of water. And so when they're thirsty, instead of drinking water, they drink a Coke or coffee or tea or Red Bull or this or that or whatever. But he says, there is no substitute for water. Saul had his day's version of coffee, tea, and Coke, and Red Bull, and whatever else. When his soul got thirsty and his soul was trying to tell him, you need a drink, you need a drink, you need a drink. Instead of going to God, he found David to play a song because it made him feel better. He didn't need to feel better. He needed to live better. There is no substitute. You may find joy in hunting and fishing. I like to hunt. You may find joy in playing ball, playing music may find joy in friendships and relationships. Some find joy in their work. Whatever you find joy in, just remember that's no substitute for the Spirit of the Lord. It's your soul's cry for water your eyes are closed all over this place this morning. You've been listening to a 50-year-old man that spent over 50 years living a dehydrated life. And now it's a struggle to try to figure out water. I just don't think about it. 
crossed my mind. I leave the house in the morning. I leave the house in the morning. I'll drive an hour or whatever to get where I'm going, do what I'm doing, go in and out of stores, meet with people, talk to people, pray with people, teach Bible studies to people. It'll be one, two o'clock, and I'll realize I hadn't had anything to drink since five o'clock this morning. Then I, who wants to pull over and go in and buy a bottle of water? I'll wait till I get home, then I get home and I get busy and I forget. Then I go get ready for bed and I realize I've gone all day. And the whole time my body's been crying for water. Let me ask you, how long has it been since you prayed through? since you prayed through. Oh, last last week. Well, how long how how would your body feel if it had if you hadn't had a drink since last Sunday? Well, I, I think it was at her conference. So it's been a month. I think it was tent revival. Okay, so it's been Six months. Youth convention. Oh, okay, five months. Well, it was that revival that Brother Johnson preached. Okay, so it's been 18 months. Well, I got the Holy Ghost at youth camp in the 60s. So it's been 60 years. My soul thirsteth for God. My soul thirsteth for God. Say it with me. My soul thirsteth. For God, every man, every woman, every young person, every elder, say it with me. My soul thirsteth for God. Say it again. Come on, say it with me. My soul thirsteth for God. You got to understand, my soul thirsteth for God. It's not money, it's not fame, it's not things of this world, it's not a relationship with somebody else, it's not stuff, it's not accumulation of goods, it's not retirement funds, it's not hobbies, it's not hunting, it's not fishing, it's not basketball, volleyball, golf, softball, it's not any of that. My soul thirsteth for God. What I've been looking for has been in the altar the whole time my soul sir your soul is thirsting for God come on you ought to be bringing your soul to the well right now you ought to be bringing your soul to the well right now you ought to be bringing your soul to the well saying soul I'm not going to make I'm not, not going to let you go home today dying of 
thirst again. My soul thirsted. God, I need another drink. God, I've learned how to live my whole day. Come on, folks, the Holy Ghost is here.
Can you reach over to somebody close to you and can you pray for them? Can you ask God to help us to not live a dehydrated spiritual lifestyle? If you got to put a jug of water by you in the natural to get enough water, you ought to put something in your life, put something in your car, put something on your mirror that reminds you. Get a drink from the well today. Get a drink from heaven's well. Whatever you got to do. I can't remember. I seriously, Sister Wilson, I seriously can't remember to drink water if I don't put that jug in the front seat by me. The other, the other day I had to take one of my girls to volleyball practice. And I moved that jug, Sister Gail, I moved that jug from the passenger seat to the back seat. I'm honest, I didn't remember to get a drink of water until I cleaned out the back seat of my car days later. Whatever I got to do, Brother Paul, to put that in front of my eyes so I can be healthy. That's, drinking water every day is cheaper than heart surgery. Ellie, whatever you got to do to remind yourself get what you need from God on a regular basis if it's if it's putting a note on your mirror if it's if it's tying a string around your finger whatever you got to do to remember brother Ronnie there's things that I'll forget so you know what I do I'll put my keys on top of what I need to do the next day because <laughs> otherwise I'll just walk out and I'll plumb learned I've had to I have to protect myself from myself whatever you got to do spiritually to remind yourself do it if it's tying a ribbon around your steering wheel that every time you get in your car you remind yourself make sure you pray I gotta I gotta relearn you lift your hands to heaven. I want you to say, God, just help me to remind myself. I don't think it's that people want to forget. I don't think that you ever left your last altar service thinking, I don't, I don't think I'm going to pray for six months. I don't think I'm going to pray through for a month. It just life just goes. Just just life gets away. Before you've realized it, you've compromised your spiritual health. steps. My wife's cooking a nice meal and we, we look forward to 
spending time with you. I mentioned to you that uh, I mentioned to you that that Brother Stumbo was needing to leave Russia. He he ended up driving. He was going to fly home Thursday. He ended up driving. They were going to close the borders, and he wasn't going to be able to get out. So he he's in Finland trying to get home now. Can, can I just have your attention for just a couple more minutes? Brother Stumbo, until, until the government, our government lets him go back, he's staying in an evangelist department at a church in Ohio.